fantasy book lovers. I'm Becca. And I'm Joy. And together, we're the hosts of Only One Better Than Tavern, your favorite fantasy book podcast. Each episode, we dive into the worlds of enchanting tales we love, discussing epic adventures, magical encounters, and everything in between. But here's the twist. We believe in going all in on our discussions, which means spoilers are fair game. So listeners, make sure you journey through the pages of the book we're featuring to avoid any unexpected spoilers. That way, we can freely explore the characters, the plot twists, and all the awe-inspiring moments that have captured our hearts. So pour a brew, grab a snack, and let's go! Do you have your phone on you? Okay. I'm going to send you something, and I meant to send it during our Crown of Midnight (laughs) recording, uh, but I forgot, so I'm going to send it now. And if everyone who's listening listened to Crown of Midnight, you will remember that Becca talked about... Baba yellow oh, legs and her mind having chicken legs. <gasps> so I drew Baba yellow legs oh, with chicken legs just God. for you. <laughs> and we'll yes. post it on our Instagram. <laughs> Is it coming in a text message? Yep, I see it. You did. Yes. Oh my gosh. With her crown and everything. Thank you for this. this oh, yeah. How did you do crown? Ever. You're welcome. <laughs> I had this so much fun drawing it just for you. <laughs> I'm not sure that's how you envisioned much, it. though. <laughs> I mean, just bright yellow chicken legs. Oh, my gosh. Joy, you have got to post this one. on Only One Bed in the Tavern. <laughs> the, the, the Instagram. Yes, I will. We have to get that magic clip up. Yes. Since Crown of Midnight will be the uh, the next one we yeah. post anyway. Will it be? Yes, it will be. Yeah. Oh my mind because yes. we're yeah, already like be. five yep. books ahead of where we actually are oh my god um but yeah we are. We, we'll post a magic clip I'll find it I'll condense it I'll get it ready and then you can post that because that's freaking hilarious can post that. <laughs> and her little caravan I was really back. proud of that oh my god yep and she looks pretty wicked too she really does Oop, I love just, like, it. Thank you it so much. Together. This is this is the best <laughs> surprise ever today. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, hello everyone. Welcome back to Only One Bed in the Tavern. We are on episode six. Uh, we are doing Air of Fire by Sarah J. Mass, and we are actually going to split this one into two. But to kick us off, Becca is going to read the summary. Selena Sardothian has survived deadly contests and shattering heartbreak, but now she must travel to a new land to confront her darkest truth. That truth could change her life and her future forever. Meanwhile, monstrous forces are gathering on the horizon, intent on enslaving her world. To defeat them, Selena will need the strength not only to fight the evil that is about to be unleashed, but also to harness her inner demons. If she is to win this battle, she must find the courage to face her destiny and burn brighter than ever before. Okay, Joy. First of all, I love this book. This is like one of my favorite books out of this entire series. Um, and I think yeah. that Air of Fire is kind of like the turning point for her writing. And like the this book is kind of, and subsequent books are kind of on par to where we know her to be nowadays with Akatar and Crescent City. Um, I feel like just with this book, she has, mm-hmm. she's jumped that hurdle and is now that author that we know and love and recognize mm-hmm. her writing so well. Like, I think this is the starting point. Do you think so? I agree. Yeah. 
her her um mm-hmm. her you can see that she's starting to mature and come into her own her own writing 100% agree it did that's what i'm saying just like, like with her characterizations of everybody and throwing new characters in and connecting all the plot points and not dropping any plot points because we saw that happen in the first one and maybe even the second one too um where things are just kind of like oop that is never spoken mm-hmm. about again but in this one she really weaves that mm-hmm. tapestry of plot in and she never drops a thread I like that analogy. Yeah. Oh, that's a good analogy. <laughs> I like that analogy too. That was good. Um, yeah. I think, I think this is the book where it, it starts to really, I mean, she was a good author before, but with, with this one, it, she just solidifies into this, who we know she is today. So. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. Um, until you said that, it I'm didn't like, yeah, hundred percent agree. Until the yeah. second read through, and I was like, hey, wait a minute here, because um, I had just it's it changed a little. It's changed and it's a little. It's definitely more yeah. on par with Akatar and the writing style. the The plot is still way way larger and more vast than Akatar is at the moment, I should say. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's just her flow. She's got her flow down with Air Fire, and then it just continues on until you know, KOA and then into Akatar and then into CC. Like I'm just off of reading Crescent City just like three months ago. Right. And so it's mm-hmm. very much, it is very similar in her, her voice is very similar. So I think, I just feel like it's the start of who she is yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Ooh, okay. Cut it out. So yeah. new characters in Air of Fire, there are quite a few of them. I didn't count them all. But there are a few of them. So many. Who, like, who's your favorite? <laughs> well, I think. I know. Oh, that's so hard. I think. Oh. Man. I mean, yeah, kind of. The, the first time I read it, I think Sorsha, but like Manon. And it's probably going to be the same answer from here on out. My favorite is going to be Manon. I really loved how she wrote The Witches in Because at first in Crown of yes. Midnight and you're thinking, oh my God. So we have not just one new character, but we have 12 new characters plus three different covens of new characters. And how is this going to be part of the story? Mm-hmm. And how, I'm, how can I invest my heart into mm-hmm. new characters? And then she does it. She does it with a 13. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she does it. Oh, man. Yes. That, they, like, I almost felt annoyed whenever we, we got to the witch's chapter. Um, and then mm-hmm. towards the end, I was like, oh, my God, is there more? Do we see more from them? Like, I want more from them. That's all but I wanted. First, I, was like, yeah. uh, I almost re- I remember feeling the same way I did with, like, Kale's story of, like, eh. Let's get to Aelin and Rowan, please. Like, yeah, she's just a mm-hmm. good writer. She just, ah, she pulls you in. Yep. You don't even realize mm-hmm. it until your heart's with these new yeah. characters and you're like, why I did think... this happen? Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first read through too. I was like, what? I like kind of uh-huh. skimmed those chapters. And then all of a sudden uh-huh. I was like slowing way down because yep. I was like was, savoring every bit with them. It was a good little detour yeah. and world building that still gives you mm-hmm. not just boring world building, but you know, side plots and stuff. She did it really well. I think well. my favorite is, I mean, man, it is so awesome. And I love Rowan, but Abraxas. <laughs> yeah. The character that has speaking parts. Yeah. 
He's just got a big heart. He's just a little loving wyvern or weaver or whatever they're called. He's he's a wyvern that likes wildflowers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! I I think that's why I love her little side characters so much because they can be big and scary and stuff. But then she adds those little personality quirks to them that just makes them like. Oh, mm-hmm. you're kind of like my dog, right? It's like an Akatar. Everyone loves like the cereal yeah. and or yeah. cereal or whatever Honestly, in the house. I, <laughs> I know we're not on like, Akatar yet. The, but the cereal yeah. is probably my favorite character among any of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I will die on that hill. Yeah, same. They are <laughs> they are great. They do so many and you know, they're scary and like, mm-hmm. ooh, but May, I mean, I yeah. won't say anything more from that, but yes. So her, she really does. I think she yeah. must have a soft spot for the not so visually likable characters. And then she just gives them those little, little quirks mm-hmm. that I love so much that endear us, endear them so much to us. Yeah. Abraxas is it. He is just, ah, yeah. I can't get yeah. over him. I, I was just going to say, mm-hmm. I love his story when you meet him because you're thinking like, Manon's going to get TARDIS, mm-hmm. this big old beast and like whatever. And mm-hmm. I was not expecting that plot twist of like the thing, the, the animal mm-hmm. that is supposed to like beat up and kill mm-hmm. ends up killing yep. Titus. And you're like, yeah, like it just the underdog. Like Very oh. well. she writes Very an underdog well. really well. Um, oh, you just you read the words and he is he's been abused and he has his wings don't work. And they're shredded and he's got broken teeth mm-hmm. from, I mean, he is just, he's been beaten to the ground, but he, I don't know. It's just, mm-hmm. mm, I love him so much. I want to give him a hug <laughs> and give him a little smoochy smooch on his yes. snout. <laughs> He'd probably let me. <laughs> He'd love it. He'd you know it. He'd wildflower for that you one. Totally oh my would. God. <laughs> I love that chapter where he's <laughs> like, just like thanks. on his belly in the sun, <laughs> sniffing wildflowers. And man is like, what are you doing? Do not embarrass me like this. And he just looks no. at her like, whatever I'm doing. I'm, I'm me. But, um, but they're intelligent creatures, right? Like they're not just, they're beasts, but they have, you know, they have a, they have a soul, which is, I think is interesting because weren't they made? I think, I think so. That's one thing I still can't quite feel figure out like what and where they came because from. I remember they must in, be made remember that in, even in the very first one when Nehemia is talking about how she like they send scouts out from her um con- you know country and mm-hmm. they don't come back and one that did heard like wings in the fairy and gap and no one knows what it is because this is not something that should be here basically so I got the impression that wyverns are not on that continent until the king of Adderland starts making Mm -hmm. them but I don't know how he makes them I have no idea this book and the I have no idea they don't really explain it I was looking for it the second read through I'm like oh this would be a good Mm -mm. but I don't all I hear is suddenly there are wyverns on this continent and everybody and no everyone's surprised when they're then when they see them in battle basically um, like flying around Rifthold mm-hmm, later mm-hmm. on and stuff like that. Um, I, I, so they must be made. I guess. 
with like but another creature. It's magic. They live in a magical world. This so is how it's made. <laughs> <laughs> Things just show up sometimes and you're like, okay, well, uh-huh. hi, welcome. I don't know where you came from, but world. We're just it. <laughs> happy to have she you. She can do whatever the hell she wants. That's fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no explanation <laughs> she needed. Really can. <laughs> Although it would be fun to have like a companion book to all these now that just explain in greater detail the mm-hmm. the nuances. Mm-hmm. Like a little encyclopedia yep. Yep. of Throne it's of like Glass the, World. Uh, yeah. Companion yeah. to a, de- a Discovery of Witches, that book. Like that would be a great thing to have. Just like compendium mm-hmm. of if you, if you have a question about Liz, here's the answer, you know, that you just can't get to in a book. I'm assuming mm-hmm. you can't get mm-hmm. into in a book. But yeah, but yeah the Wyverns were... A scary introduction, and a lot of them are mm-hmm. and remain scary and not good, but Abraxas, mm-hmm. little Abraxas, mm-hmm. love him, love him so little much. Little Abraxas. <laughs> um, um, how about uh, Adian, Adian Ashriver, General. General? I actually really like the name of the Bane. <laughs> like, it sounds scary. Like, oh, the Bane's coming on the battlefield. Same. Like, I'd run the other way if I... You know what I mean? The Bane. It just sounds yeah. terrifying. Yeah, it's the badass. Yeah. Yeah. He is such a tortured I, he soul. He is, and I've heard a lot of people are in different camps with him, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I and I understand. I, yeah, I, I like him. Oh, for sure. I, there's definitely times where he pisses me off. Um, he, but I like him, mm-hmm. and I like him in this book. When you first meet him, you're like, Yes. What is his deal? And you are kind of thinking the whole time, like, surely he's not completely turned mm-hmm. his back on who he used to be. And then, you know, you find out he hasn't and all this kind of, it, you know, he's got a cool, like, yeah, it's like a Star kinda. Wars, like, rebel, yeah. you know, and you're like, so yeah, rooting for I, him. I mm-hmm. really do like him. I've, I've, there are some people who I've talked about him with and they think he's unredeemable like from the last book that he, yeah. And how he treats some characters and stuff. But um, I, I just think he's going mm, through a lot. However, yeah. in this one, when we're introduced, it does, do you feel like there are missing scenes in, not just in this book, but just in any book you're reading? Like, oh, yeah, that would have been an amazing little meet with these two characters and something like that. So I felt like it would have been more dramatic yeah. had he actually been enslaved by the Valg with the ring. Um, and that, you know, mm-hmm. Selena mm-hmm. comes back and discovers that and they get into this really big fight and they are like matched as far as like, you know, swords, people, skill, <laughs> like swordsmen, swordswomen, yeah. you know, swords people. Swords, um, swords people. <laughs> I, I feel like they are evenly matched probably. And, and then somehow she gets the ring off and then it's like, that's like a whole big, uh, reunion sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Or some, something she, like, dramatic. Cuts off that's his finger or something like Selena that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's. Yeah. I kind of thought like that was going to happen, and then it's like, oh, he he knew the ring was bad this entire time, mm-hmm. so he's just been, he's just been, and the bane too. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been just kind of living their lives, you know. And I did, mm-hmm. I did like that. Like they're like pretending to do all mm-hmm. these things, but they're not actually doing it. I'm like. I mean, that's kind of what mm-hmm. Selena's been doing this whole time, too. So that's what's funny when people don't like him. I'm like, I'm kind of, I, in my mind, they're kind of the same right. side of the same coin. Like, they're pretty much doing mm-hmm. the same thing, Absolutely. just in different Absolutely. ways. So that's why, to me, he's redeemable right. because Selena right. was redeemable. So why 
can't he be redeemable? Absolutely. Like they were children and, when all this I mean, went down. As an adult, you know? he does make some decisions with later characters that you're like, dude, come on. <laughs> but he's like a quail. Yeah. Yep. He does that out of but fear. But he does it out of fear, you know, because mm-hmm. he had his whole world stripped mm-hmm. away. And I understand, I understand, I don't like no. it, but I understand. Like, I don't like it and I don't agree with it, but I totally get it of why mm-hmm. he is the way he is later on. Mm-hmm. And so this might be controversial, yeah. but I do think he's redeemable. And also, like, I don't know, all these characters are messy are and they've so had messy. a lot happen so in their tragic. lives. So, yeah. It's, they're meant to be messy. You're Absolutely. meant to get mad at them. Like that's mm-hmm. the whole point is you're meant to be like, oh, it's if 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 writing can get visceral like emotional reactions mm-hmm. out of you, you've done a good job. They're doing yeah. it right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about it's so crazy again that we have so many key characters introduced mm-hmm. in book three. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so thoughts on Rowan without Let's spoiling discuss. anything. He, in those first, I mean, not even a few chapters, it, it goes along this all of part one like and all of part one. a little bit yeah. of part two as well. Like he's, we don't realize that he's going through some pretty mm-hmm. horrific feelings as well that have happened to him over like, I don't know, the centuries because he's pretty old. Um, Visually, he's like mm-hmm. late twenties, but he's very old. So, um, so we don't know. Mm-hmm. He's he's obviously really mean <laughs> to Aelin and is really just mm-hmm. does not care. He's trying to get her trained, and he's not. He doesn't care about where she came from. All he knows is that she has abandoned her her country and whatever. Like again, he's another one of those. Um, he's another man male I guess they're called in this book in this series who it likes to discount the fact that she was a child when all this happened and she's still a child barely nice so once again he's he's just another he's just another dude that's like you should have done better even though you were a child I doesn't matter it's just a don't use that as an excuse sort of thing and he he does probably does not sound like that but (laughs) he probably sounds all growly I can't do it um I can't do it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I love it. I like your um, one voice. So, yeah, he's just another character that is throwing her under the bus, keeps doing it, keeps battering her when she's already down. You know, she's just come off of uh, – she's just mm-hmm. come from uh, Rift Hold. She's going through Nehemia's – she's grieving Nehemia. She's grieving her mother. She's grieving her father. Mm-hmm. And she has – everything right and she has no outlet for that she has to keep it down like no wonder she has a a damper on her magic right and um and rowan is just is just there just i mean he's he's i don't know i don't like him at first and i know we're not meant to like him we're we're supposed to go along with his character Mm -hmm. arc as well he's got one too he doesn't start as a leading man right he starts as like a I, I mean, dude, get over yourself, right? To be fair, when he first meets her, she's just getting <laughs> wasted on the roof, eating bread and drinking That's bad true. wine. So, like, I kind like I don't condone uh-huh. his ac- actions, but I do kind of understand him kind mm-hmm. of assuming like she doesn't give a crap because she doesn't. Like when he first meet her, meets her, she's just kind of like a drunk, dirty, smelly person. <laughs> so, like, I kind of understand where he's coming from i think how she responds to different training stuff should have he's Mm -hmm. 
he's like a general, right? So he should probably have picked up on the fact that like, oh, she's probably going through something really traumatic mm-hmm. if she's reacting this strongly. And so that I'm a little annoyed about because he seems pretty like intuitive right. and insightful all the other times. But he doesn't know her. He doesn't really know her at all. And it isn't until Emerus, I love him. who love mm-hmm. him also. He's like my second favorite character. Uh, but he's like the main chef guy from the Mistwald? Mistwald? Just made up word. Made up a word. Mistword. Yeah. That's what I, I think say. That's right. That sounds <laughs> that sounds nice. Yeah, but it isn't until he's like, dude, she's been through crap. Why don't you try to like Beating lift her, her up instead of just pushing her down all the time? And he goes, oh, okay. See, and the then he does. Guess what? It works all, out. Okay. That bit right there. I love that Imra stepped in and mm-hmm. was like, I, I know who she is. She can't hide that from me. I knew her mother. And you know what this girl has been through. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what she's been through, but we know she's been through something. And Rowan is like, mm-hmm. I guess okay, you know, and then doesn't even apologize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's a little hypocritical because later when he tells her his whole traumatic story, he's like, it took me 10 years. I'm yeah. like, you didn't even it give is, her a month. She has, she has taken <laughs> she this even these past 10 years. 10 years from eight years old and has mm-hmm. had horrific after horrific thing happen mm-hmm. to her. And yet he's not giving her any room to get through that. So very much hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Hypocritical. Mm-hmm. I know he's going through his own crap, but I just yeah. don't like that. Mm-hmm. I like him later, but I don't like that mm-hmm. he is supposed to be someone who is rooting for her by the, not even the end of this book, he's already rooting for her. And yet there's no, I don't remember mm-hmm. an apology. I don't remember is it just are we just assuming that they're they're bearing the hatchet because they're both going through stuff and they were both gross to each other? I don't know. But I just don't like it. I mean, he was he got physical with her. And she never did with him. Mhm. Physical and I mean like Yeah. He well, he punches her in the face. I don't think that's a spoiler. Is that a spoiler? Mhm. Okay. Okay. No, cuz that's like within the first few her. chapters. Yeah. Yeah. And I just I yeah. don't know. I have, I have icky feelings about that, and I can't articulate them. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I read the book, I was still rooting for Kale mm-hmm. and Aelin or Selena, whatever, to get together at the end. And so I read them as like friends, and I think mm-hmm. obviously things change, no spoilers. So the second read through, I was like, okay, what were the little like breadcrumbs that SJM dropped to show Rowan's like change of heart towards Aelin? He never, he never outright says, I'm mm-hmm. sorry for being a dick. Like he's just, but I think in them sharing vulnerabilities, okay, that's kind of their way of apologizing okay. because they're not vulnerable with anyone else, you know? And he, he, he isn't vulnerable, not even mm-hmm. with his own, like, pals half mm-hmm. the time you know cadre yeah. or whatever they're called so that's okay. that's how in my mind it made sense but it would have been nice for like at least one yeah. sentence of a like yeah. hey sorry dude I, and sorry i sucked and punched when you I in say the face he, wallops her, <laughs> he, he does just mean, i do just mean like he call out and he he punches her um because he she has stepped in on a, mm-hmm. a very vulnerable time for um one of his friends and he's he's his hackles are up and all he knows about her at that point is that she just think, or he just thinks she's, 
she's nothing. Um, she t- he tells her that she should have died ten years ago. Like these are the. I mean, that's like pretty bad stuff. I mean, he is depressed too, just as much as mm-hmm. as she is. But mm-hmm. he's had a lot longer to get over his stuff than she has, and yet he's still not over yeah. it. And yet he's trying to push Literally her out centuries. of it. Too fa- yeah. Like it's just he's hypocritical, mm-hmm. and so. But she also tries mm-hmm. to fight him too, and she also needles him, and she also doesn't mm-hmm. do what he says, even though she wants to go into Dornell and all these things. Like she's she's acting like Aelin, which is I don't nobody tells me what to do, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, yeah, and I mean, if he would have coddled her and been like, let's talk about feelings. Like she probably never would have gotten her act together. So I don't condone the way that he went about it. And I don't think he purposefully went about it this way. Like, Oh, if I am like this, she's going to get, she's going to snap out of it. Like, I think he's just being a dick. Um, Mm -hmm. but he got lucky and it helped her. (laughs) What he ended up doing, I think helped her figure out, like, I do want to fight to live. Cause I think she just kind of was like, I'm ready to die at any point. Like, let's just die. And so him, him punching her and him saying like, maybe you should have died 10 years ago. Like, I think it's kind of his way of being like, do you want to Mm -hmm. live or die? You need to make a choice. And so she's, Mm -hmm. wait, no, I'm glad I didn't die. Wait, no, I need to start fighting. Like, I think he's, he's kind of purposefully Mm -hmm. sometimes, not all the time. I think sometimes she's just being rude, but I do think sometimes he's purposefully doing that just to kind of needle her back and get her to start fighting and trying to survive and just make it through and be better, you know? I, That's kind of how like I read it. So it. I, the second read, the first read through, I was like, what the heck? I know, I know what happens with these two. Why are they, why are they doing this to each other? And then the second read through, I'm like, now I really know what happens. How do they get from here to here? Them. Yeah. And then I'm just like, what the heck? Yep. Luca yeah. and Emrys yeah. and Malachi. Them. They, um, basically that those three are all who we really see in this word. Like that's. Everybody else is just, no one has a mm-hmm. name. No one has a description or anything like that. We just really, we hang out in the kitchen with Aelin when she's doing the dishes and eating the food and Imris is telling his tales. And so he's, mm-hmm. um, he's like the storyteller of this place. And I guess mm-hmm. that's the thing in this world where there's one person that collects yeah. all these stories and gets to tell everybody over overnight cat or something like that. Um, <laughs> and um, I love those those stories that we hear because then Aelin starts to ask about um, Maeve. And what we don't realize at the time mm-hmm, is she mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. she's asking that for a very specific reason. Um, I think part mm-hmm. of that reason. Love it. I know. It was so fun picking yes. up on that. I, on no, the no, second no, I read. also think yeah. she's Sorry, doing that intentionally because she knows that <laughs> Rowan is in listening in his bird form. And she wants him to realize just who he is mm-hmm. serving. Not that he can help it, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. I feel like he disassociates. Mm-hmm. He has been disassociating just, just to, to like cope mm-hmm. with his grief and cope with the fact that like the person that controls his whole like yeah. literal life. He's the worst. Um, let's chat about <sighs> Queen Maeve. What? were your impressions when you first meet her how did you feel a second time reading her like um, go you know we only hear little blips and pieces of her in i guess the one before air fire crown of midnight um and Mm -hmm. at first i was thinking oh she's gonna be an ally she's gonna be 
they need this powerful fae, ancient fae, to help yeah. them defeat the king of Adelan. So and she's just gonna she's gonna come in and you know she's gonna help Aelin. This is gonna be a, a great ally for her. And then when we meet her and her description, and I'm just like, ooh, like whatever the description of the characters are, mm-hmm. believe them believe it because that's who they are right she is Mm -hmm. calculating and she is she's got like dark glittering eyes that reminds me of a spider which later on is really funny because it that it reminded me of a spider you know why and you realize that the minute you meet her in Mm -hmm. mistword of like oh there's a reason why um aelin's mom wanted her to stay away from her like wanted Maeve to stay away from aelin like there's a Mm-hmm. There is a very good reason why, and yeah. we don't know that yet. But we don't know the why yet. But it's just Sarah J. Moss did not have to write very much of Maeve for me to realize once we meet her, this lady's not good. And yeah. So what about you? Yeah. It's like the first sentence mm-hmm. out of her mouth. You're like, ooh. And I thought the same thing the first read through. Like, oh maybe they're going to be allies and so the whole book I was kind of like like I first meet her and I'm like don't like her but in my head I'm like okay well maybe she's going to redeem herself so I keep waiting and then you get to the end of the Mm -hmm, book and you're like mm -hmm. oh no she is the worst okay yeah Maeve is definitely Mm -hmm. a character to watch out for um Swarsha yeah we talk about Swarsha without spoiling anything because that's a big spoiler so in Air of Fire, I feel like Dorian is obviously going through his metamorphosis, shall we say, with his magic. And he's realizing that his friendships aren't the friendships. Like, they're they're evolving into something more. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff going on with him and Kale because Kale is, you know, trying to come to terms with Dorian having magic and all these things. <laughs> Oh, Kale in this so book messy. is so I mean, he's, messy. He's starting with his <laughs> mess metamorphosis so as well, messy. right? And um, but yeah, Dorian with his yeah. magic and Kale is now kind of. I mean, he's not treasonous at this point, but he's like he's on the line of being treasonous toward mm-hmm. Dorian's father and Dorian, of course. You know, we always have very complicated relationships with our parents and. Dorian is still feeling like he has to be loyal to his father, even though he knows he's not a good dude. And then mm-hmm. the healer comes in and he and she, I wrote this down yep. and I'm going to say it because I like it. She is the reason for his treason. <laughs> I saw that note and I loved she it. Is. I was like, yeah, she, that's really all you need to say. Yeah. Nothing that yeah. she does. She's not whispering his, in his ear about like, the king is bad and you should be doing this. Like, no, she is just being herself. We know later mm-hmm. on, we'll talk about in part two of mm-hmm. who she actually is and what she was actually doing, but she's just being herself, her kind self, who's kind of already in love with Dorian. Like who wouldn't be right. Um, and I know, mm-hmm. I know. I like I how know, like, like she sneakily yeah, loved him the I whole time. You, girl. Like, oh. um, so cute. And then, yeah. I, I do think he really did love her in that short span of time. And she really did. Mm-hmm managed to bring him out mm-hmm. of his um, ambivalence towards Rifthold and Adderlan mm-hmm. as a whole and his father, where she mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. put him on a path of figuring out who he is outside of all that. 
and also put him on a path of realizing, yeah. oh my God, I need to do something or that I won't have a kingdom to inherit, you know, um, because my father will have mm-hmm. raised it all to the ground at that point. I still feel like at the end of Crown of Midnight, he's starting to kind of mm-hmm. like think deeper, but it isn't until she says like, or he asks her, what does he say? Like, why did you choose to do mm-hmm. this? And she said, I have nowhere else to go. And he keeps thinking about that. And I think, yeah, she really forces him down a path yeah. of thinking critically and trying yeah. to figure out who do I want to be? And I think before he was kind of mm-hmm. coasting and just like not grappling with that question. And I mean, it makes sense for someone in your twenties to start thinking Absolutely. like, what do I want to be Absolutely. when I grow up? Like the, the timing makes sense. Um, and so, yeah, she really just kind of, yeah, like you said, pushes him down that path. Mm-hmm. Like you better think about it. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be remembered for? And she's so sweet and so strong, yeah. but in a very like quiet way. I also and, think that ugh. her softness and her kindness and just her ability. I mean, she's a healer, right? Like that's just who she is. She's, mm-hmm. she wants to help you. 100%. She's polar opposite from Selena think, too. Like I think polar he opposite. That. Mm-hmm. I that's and that's another reason why I think Dorian mm-hmm. and Aylan would never have worked together. Um, but um, I think Mm-mm. she is also the reason why he eventually comes to tell Kale that you cannot pick and choose the parts you love about Selena. You have to take her as she is, and mm-hmm. I know where I stand with her. You need to make a choice. And at that point, we know mm-hmm. he stands with Selena mm-hmm. no matter what. We've bonded over books. We've had chocolate cake at midnight. We had all these things. She is she is for us. She is for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And she is coming back to help us. And I when I reread that, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Torian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, he becomes one of one of the mm-hmm. greatest characters, I think, in this series as well. He's mm-hmm. so he really is so wise. Like he really does think things through. And in that part you just mentioned, I love that part when he's like, you can't pick and choose. Um, he's also saying that I think to Kale to let Kale know exactly. like you can't it, pick and magic choose. Magic is me really either. the the the, the mm-hmm. fact that um uh Dorian has magic and the fact that Selena is Aelin is really messing up with Kale. And he knows that she's Faye now and he mm-hmm. all these things and it's magical too. And he starts to like back up. And they're like, and Dorian's like, wait, dude, you can't excise one part of us. This is who we are. If you want to stay friends Mm-mm. with us, you got to get over mm-hmm. it. Okay. You got to get over it. He is so mm-hmm. stubborn. He is one of the most stubborn characters and you want to yeah. root for him. Like, I'm like, come on, dude. And he like gets, oh my he really God, does. he has like two steps forward, yeah. a step back, two steps forward, a step back. So. Let's see. We still went at Rowan, Queen Maeve, Aiden Ashriver, Manon, Sorsha, Luca and Imris, Abraxos, and then the witches. Like we have Manon, of course, but all the witches. All the witches. Ah, the first time you read it, like like we were saying, I kind of didn't care as much about the politics and I got a little mm-hmm. confused because I like sped read through it. But this time I paid attention. Mm-hmm. Oh, they are so fascinating. They are so fascinating. I felt- I love them too. Don't worry. I, I do them. love them. Um, especially the 13. And then the conflict with the matrons and stuff and the other mm-hmm. clans. And um, are we saying mm-hmm. the other, the the red cloaked clan as Crokins? I'm that, saying Crokin because I... The other, the other thing I... is Crochin and I don't, that doesn't sound as good. <laughs> <laughs> 
the Crochin witches. Crochin witches. I think it's. Crokin. I think Crokin. I think Crokin. If you've heard yeah. this on the audiobooks, would you please tell us of all the names? This is really getting me. But we're going to say Crokin. You're going to have yeah. to live with my pronunciation. And also, I think technically I know. it's Manon, but we both refuse to say Manon because it's I say Manon. So I'm saying Manon. <laughs> okay, it's not dumb. And I heard, but I just, yeah. Manon. Like I told you before, post Manon. Like I, <laughs> I mean, in I my can't, head, I, re- I, I, re- I read I it as Manon, which I, because I understand that that is how you pronounce Same. that name in like real life. But now it's like, yeah. I'm getting used to calling Kale, Kale, even though I really want to call him Cole. But I don't know mm-hmm, if I can ever mm-hmm. get used to calling Manon mm-hmm. Manon. I'm just imagining like the 13 flying and they're like, Manon. Like, try- I mean, I guess it's kind of badass. Manon. I don't know. Are you Man southern or? <laughs> that was very southern. And suddenly Man. the witches are from the Midwest. <laughs> Manon. I mean Manon. <laughs> Yeehaw on our I suppose if we're talking about it in those terms, Manon sounds more fantastical. Like, yeah, like a fantasy character. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> the 13 and the anyway. witches. Anyways. So that yes, whole plot the 13. point. And it's vast, and it has it has a role mm-hmm. to play in the larger grand mm-hmm. scheme of things too, um, which I really love because at first you're like, mm-hmm. "What is happening here? And who are these people?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is your first time reading. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to Absolutely. their little like witches yep. moments because so we have witches because the Valg <laughs> yeah uh, decided to mate with Faye, and I it was probably not a good thing, but that's what happened, and we have witches now because of that, and. Mm-hmm. The Iron Teeth, the Blue Blood, and the Yellow Legs clans, they take after the Valg in more of their, the way that they look, personality, their eyes, personality. their eyes are more Valg-like, <laughs> they, they're not mm-hmm. as Fae-like as mm-hmm. their Crokin sisters, who, who are, mm-hmm. yes, the fourth it's witch the clan, fourth witch clan. supposedly yeah. the not supposedly, they are, like, they are the original, like, leaders of the witches, I guess. And the witch Mm -hmm. subplot, and it doesn't, it becomes more than just a subplot too, but they're basically trying to get back to their ancestral land that they have been banished. Banished. Um, The Crokins apparently Mm -hmm. have done something to keep them off the land because eons ago they had, like, a big war um, but basically the, the three clans mm-hmm. that we've just introduced, been introduced to, they're hunting down the Crokins. They want to know the, the, they want to know how to break the curse so they can get back to their ancestral land. Well, that's the, that's the yeah. politics within the witches. Um, it's very vast. We know these three clans hate the Crokins. We know the Crokins are kind of against the other three clans, but they're all the same. Like they're all from the same genealogy like it's helpful actually to talk it out because sometimes like I yeah sometimes you're like I get this is important but I'm kind of confused and I think this is going to be helpful for people okay so the 13 we keep speaking about the 13 who is the who are the 13 basically Manon is the heir of the Iron Teeth clan and she has 12 witches under her command basically and she can I mean she's their leader right but the 13 are just this is a group of women that 
Oh, you just fall in love with them. Um, yeah, I feel like man and the grandmother, her grandmother, um, the mm-hmm. iron teeth matron is mm. so shady. Like she's evil and she's just vicious. And then she's like up to no good this whole book. Like mm-hmm. she's like having these secret meetings and like, you need to do this and doing all this. Like every time Manon goes in to talk to mm-hmm. her, she's like always doing correspondence. And I really picked up on it this time because I'm like, we what know. shady yeah. thing? And then we know, of course, later on, but we're like, what mm-hmm. shady business are you up to right well, that's now? How, like, she that's is, why Manon starts to change too. Cause she, even she realizes like, okay, my, my grandmother's not telling me everything. What is happening here? What are we doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm, I'm down mm-hmm. to be evil, I'm but like, this is like taking it to the next yeah. level. And she's starting to realize like, or not even realize that she's just wondering like, why does the meat taste terrible? Abraxas doesn't want to eat the meat. She has to go and find him like yeah. mountain goats that aren't affected by anything that's happening up there. Mm-hmm. The Valg, right? Which oh, that chapter was hilarious when he's like rolling around with the wildflowers and she's mm-hmm. like, fine, I'll get this goat. My- doing it. And then, um, <laughs> but then we also learn that <laughs> Keely doesn't eat the meat either. She, so Petra is also finding mm-hmm. meat as well. So are the wyverns actually just like completely fine, but it's because they're eating this meat I that makes know. them more and, and more evil. That's kind of, oh. that's how I understood it was. Yes, it was rancid, Ooh, but I understood it that it was maybe. infected with something. And and that's everyone that's eating it becomes more and more like uh-huh. like under the thumb of the valve. Almost They're like, like more entrenched of, like, with the them versus like the man and the 13. Like the... Maybe. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Maybe. That's how I understood. That's how I always read how it. Does, even how the does first that time. Mm-hmm. Animal, whatever that animal is, get infected in the first place uh, as if they're just. Because if they're just living around, because exactly. the mountain goats aren't infected, because they're on the mountains. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe that is, Mm-mm. but it's never explicitly mm-hmm. stated. So maybe that's just mm-hmm. an inference we have to make. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting, Manon's like, character growth, because it's very, very subtle. So the first time you read it, you probably aren't going to pick it. Maybe you are. I didn't pick it up the first time I read it. The second time, from the beginning, she she mentions like walking into wherever they're going and being like, God, mm-hmm. this place stinks. Does anyone smell mm-hmm. that? Like she is immediately starting to just like, yeah. Yeah. Pick up on things. And she doesn't really mm-hmm. understand why. And it is just so cool. Like the little subtleties kind well, of drop throughout. We she... Without spoiling anything. Well, we can say that she takes after more of the fae side of her ancestry than the Valg. Okay. Um, Answer the question, why is part one called Arabash? Okay. My theory is mm-hmm. it's, of course, attached to Selena. And part one is Selena coming to terms with who she is. And when we first see her again, she's dead. Mm-hmm. She's ash. She's dead. And so I think it's it's her journey of, like, mm-hmm. coming back to life, a.k.a. fire. That's, that's what I think. Um, I what kind do you think? of think about in the same vein of – of she's she's depressed. She doesn't want to mm-hmm. be in this world anymore. She just she doesn't know what to do with herself anymore. And so yes, absolutely. But do you know it reminds me of um, the phoenix coming out of like being reborn, right? So like she has she has found rock bottom and she is yes. burnt to a husk. And but she is about to be reborn through those ashes, right, into the another air of fire. So it reminds me mm-hmm. of the phoenix um, mythology. Yeah. 
And so it I makes love sense. that. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Like with and her, it's kind how of, she ha- so yeah. it, it's, we have the same yeah. theory, right? It's just, yeah, she has to, mm-hmm. she has to be where she's at in this, the beginning of this book in order to reborn anew and fresh and be, you know, part two is called Air of Fire. Which is why I keep calling her Selena right now because she hasn't gone through well, that metamorphosis. She, Rowan is calling her Aelin. He's like the only one doing it, right? She is still thinking that mm-hmm. she is still Selena Sardothian. She is still the assassin. She is still um, Arabin Hamill's uh, protege. That's who she still is or who she's still thinking of herself as in the first part. Yeah. Oh, I love that Phoenix like imagery. That's like, totally it. That's totally I just, it. That's yep. what I think of. That's, really that's what I think of when I, when love I see it. that love and <laughs> her, her growth and her change and, and how she really comes to terms with everything. And this is even not done with it yet. There's still, there's still things she has to work through. She's working through everything in this book. That's, I mean, I think that's what's so mm-hmm. fun is you get to see her as someone who has totally hit rock bottom literally and figuratively too in respect to her magic yeah. as well where um you know there's like a self-imposed yeah. damper on her magic that's coming from her fear of not letting it go because she's been taught her whole life don't let it go or you'll like singe mm-hmm. everybody right she mm-hmm. kind of punches through that barrier and really does some badass stuff really does <laughs> um yes. oh i had a little note here that I found funny. Uh, whenever Kale mm-hmm. first meets Adian and um, he just is like laughing kind of internally about like how pissed Selena or Aelin's going to be whenever she yeah. like sees Adian yeah. again. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, they're like the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're both like really cocky. Uh, it's funny because Adian the whole time's like, oh, she's going to, if she ever sees me, like she's going to be so mad at me for the things that I've chosen to do. And then Aelin on the other side is like, oh, if, he, if my family or he ever sees me, they're going to be so mad mm-hmm. at me for what I've been doing. They're saying the same thing. They're saying the same thing. And they've done some terrible stuff, but they've only been surviving mm-hmm. this entire time. So I don't hold it against them. Kale is describing like the energy coming off of Adian that is like it's a rage, just like he's sensed from Selena and a- Selena, Selena, Aelin. <laughs> oh my god, just in the same oh, Selena, um, just that he's he's sensed it off of her too. But it's they both have this rage inside of them, and he's really afraid of what will mm-hmm. happen if they both let it go when they're standing next to each other, right. And that's where mm-hmm. this reminds me. I, w- I did want to talk about that because in the next book that when we when we cover it, um, Kale is just really worried about Adelan being raised to the ground, right, by Aelin and by Adian because they're both so angry at this kingdom, right. So in this chapter, he's mm-hmm. he becomes so worried that if Aelin does come back, she'll find her cousin and they will. They're going to kill everybody. Wreak and havoc, again, yeah. like I, yeah. I can understand why he's saying that, but it's also another point against him because he's just, mm-hmm. he doesn't trust them. And he doesn't trust Aelin them. and Adian are not someone that are just going to like run through streets and kill innocent people because that is exactly what happened to their own kingdom. They would not do that. Mm-hmm. And Kale should know that. Mm-hmm. Instead. I wonder if he thinks that way because. If he Maybe. was in their shoes, that's what he would want to do. Maybe he might be projecting a He's little like bit. He's projecting a little bit. Also, 
I had a little bit of a thought while you were talking, like we see more of um, Kale's mm-hmm. dad in this book. And if you think about all the like influential men that have mm-hmm. been in his life, minus Dorian, of course, they've yeah. all been kind of like the worst. So he's only ever had mm-hmm. terrible things modeled for him. And so it kind of makes sense that in his mind, he just assumes like, mm-hmm. well, anyone in power is just going to be terrible because that's just sure. what people do when they're in Absolutely. power. Absolutely. Okay. I get it. Okay. But okay. I also, okay. in that in that chapter, I'm like, Again, get dude, get over it. They're not going to do that because they experienced it as children. <laughs> you do not know her. They would never do the same thing to another child <laughs> yes. that happened to them. Or they to would never children. do the same mm-hmm. thing to an adult mm-hmm. that happened to their parents. Not his parents, her parents. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. I hate that there's not a, a better understanding of Aelin at that point from Kale. Where he just assumes, yep, she's the crazy assassin, mm-hmm. and her cousin is the crazy general, and they have a bone to pick with this kingdom, and so they're they're just gonna kill everybody. I hate that. I hate that he even thought it. Mm-hmm. I do too. Mm. So another yeah. point against him, against Kale, for <laughs> even thinking that these two would be so would be as bad as the king of Adderlan. That's basically what he's assuming that they're gonna be the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you really learn how much honor mm-hmm. Aiden. Eighty and whatever has went later on when he talks about like yeah the bane mm-hmm. we've pretending we've been pretending Absolutely. this whole time like they're still badass warriors but they're like mm-hmm. yeah we're not we're yeah. just making up these so, stories like I, all right okay, we gotta talk about some of the villains in this book because we mm-hmm. have way more villains in this book than the previous two mm-hmm. the skinwalkers which do we ever see them do we ever hear mention of skinwalkers so. after this book only on I don't think we do the that continent where Windlin is for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. They're creepy. They're so creepy. Um, and then we have the big old fish <laughs> or whatever monster <laughs> yes. in the lake. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is that. And then we have all the mm-hmm. Valg. Um, yeah. So I think that's all yeah. my notes I have for oh, I have okay. one little note that I put in all caps. So it's chapter 36 that starts part two. So this is before chapter 36. And I made a little note in all caps that goes, Rowan is flirting with her. And it's on page 237. When she's like running in her fae body, she's like, this is so much fun. And then like Rowan's erasing behind her. her. Um, He made, he made no move to grab her. No, Rowan was Uh playing. And Uh I was like, he's flirting. Um, See, little bits like that. We realize, okay, he's not this terrible person. My last note, on page 294, Rowan says something about how he thinks it's good that she killed, that Aelin killed mm-hmm. Nehemia's murderers. And I think that that is actually mm-hmm. a key part of their, like, relationship built. Like, one of the blocks he's of their relationship is that he's like, I understand yeah. and support you. Yeah. And I think it's great. And she's like, Thanks, I think dude. you're right. Like, because I just, he like, I is like accepting that. Yeah. of her, of that part of her where she can just go off and mm-hmm. brutally murder someone. Um and is like, yeah, cool. I would have done the same. But yeah. Dorian and Kale were like, what have you just done? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, we get it, but mm-hmm. it was so terrible. And so, da, 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 da. Like, yeah, yeah. I think mm-hmm. I think that was like one of their key foundational he like is, stones, for all if his, you will. Um, you know, not not giving her the space that she needs to work through the stuff that she needs to work through, not really realizing that she was so little when all this happened and it's, none of it was her fault he really does see her 
as he takes her as the assassin, mm -hmm. he takes her as the human, he takes her as the fae, he takes her as all these facets of who she is and is totally okay with it. Like he's not afraid of her. And I think at some point Dorian mm -hmm. and Kale become mm -hmm. afraid of her because of what she could potentially unleash, which, yeah, mm -hmm. she's powerful. And she's never going to do that to them, but they don't know that, mm -hmm. I guess. They should, but they don't know that. They're they're just no, dumb boys. They don't um, know it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they really are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, they have like two decades of, late, of life versus yeah, Rowan that has ancient. like so, 500 years. So <laughs> um, Yeah, I think that that is a turning point in the relationship where she realizes, well, he didn't flinch away from mm -hmm. me when I told him the story. He doesn't. He's seen me be mm -hmm. pretty vicious against like these creatures that i'm having to fight um he knows a lot of the stories of the people mm -hmm. that i have like killed at this point and he is not bothered by it so then she becomes more mm -hmm. trusting of him right like this is truly a person a fey male mm -hmm. <laughs> that she can let her guard down a little bit with and not in the same way that she thought she could with kale which i think is a, the big turning point in her realizing yeah. kale is not for me yeah. I need to let him go and move on. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. I love it. Um, do we want to close out with like yes. what we're currently reading really fast? Yes. Do you want to start? I have two books I want to talk about. One is I started reading this book called, I just finished it actually, Legend Oh, that's Born. on my to be read list. And it's, it's okay. definitely YA. So some of it's a little cheesy. However... It's so good. I couldn't put it down. So um, it is Legend Born by Tracy Dion. And it's a series, of course. And it's YA. And basically, it's a modern telling of... Uh, it's like a King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table modern telling. Except the main character is like a 16 what? or 17-year-old black girl. Set in, I think, oh like gosh. southern United States. Um, and there are so many interesting twists of like different magic things in there which are really cool and um the character does a really good job of talking about like how problematic king arthur and like there's a whole society that's like very very white and very privileged and she is not you know at all and it's okay it's really good the author did an excellent job with all the like fight scenes and the building up of the tension and stuff like that some of the getting from the characters from point a to point b can be a little clunky sometimes um which i think is kind mm -hmm. of typical for a ya novel but it is such a good story and there are so many twists i wasn't expecting and that it ends like the last few chapters you're like oh my god okay. oh my god oh my god like it's really cool so i just put part two on hold and i can't wait okay. to finish reading it so that's my first book the second one is I finally started oh Crescent God. City. <laughs> what? Okay. First of all, I don't trust people that read Sarah J. Mass except for like you and like my friend Erica <laughs> and Ashley because everyone else uh -huh. says all these things that I don't agree with. Like people were like, I hated Tower of Dawn and I'm like, I loved it. And then people were like, oh, Crescent City. There's just like the whole thing. It's like world building. It's so boring. I'm sorry. There's like a freaking murder within chapter five. Like it is, mm -hmm. there is so much happening and it. I can't stop reading it. Like I almost stayed up too late reading it last night. And then I was like, no, mm -hmm. I need to be fresh for recording. Anyways, uh -huh. it's so good. I just, I wasn't ready to read it a few months ago because I just finished Throne of Glass Kingdom of Ash. And my heart was like, I can't 
take another heartbreak, but I'm ready and mm-hmm. it's it's excellent. It's confusing. There's a lot going on. And in typical SJM fashion, she's kind of dripping uh-huh. the world building throughout. But I appreciate mm-hmm. it because it's not tedious. Like you're like, huh? You're what the about f- is to happening. Be but it yeah. Immersed in an, a world that is such oh, yeah. there are so many things that there's so many things that you're going to start reading about and you might make the connection. You might not. You, you'll make the connection at some point. There's talks about like, like decimated libraries that have a big role to play. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm clocking all that. It, oh I am clocking gosh, all that. Don't you I worry. <laughs> I do want to say that, um, Bryce is definitely modeled after Aelin because they're both like super into clothes, mm-hmm. super into looking a certain way, mm-hmm. very sassy, yep. very like do not F with me attitudes. Um, but I do appreciate that Bryce, she seems to be written as yeah. like a curvier yeah, girl absolutely. and like I appreciate it. Uh, so you I, know. I really love her description too because yeah. she's just wants to be a dancer but doesn't have the like appropriate dancer's body. And we're just like, I like, I know, right? Her booty's she's too, too curvy. Big. <laughs> Um, that's all that it you can never be too curvy. Like, come on now. Um, but yeah, I love that. She's no. not just, no. she's a little bit different in her appearance than Feyre is, than Aelin mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. I love I the modern setting too. It's so Takes, cool. It's so cool. I know. No, so anyways, I'm so I excited, excited that I can finally talk to you about some things. I mean, obviously not until you read the book. Cause then I'm not sure where you're at. It, yeah. It's a good flow. Um, but yeah, I'm really, I'm yeah. really excited. Um, mm-hmm. Legend Born is on my to be read list too, so I will definitely get to that as per your recommendation. Oh, so good. Um, mm-hmm. It's it, and it just starts, and you're just like whoa, and it just whoa, it's so good. I really am enjoying it. The author I has really done an love a book excellent like job, mm-hmm. and I love mm-hmm. that the main character is a black girl. Mm-hmm. And okay, my only. My only thing that I've clocked is she talks about like washing her hair a couple a couple times throughout the story, which you know she's got curly hair and she's got a lot of it, and she's talking about her curly hair routine. And as a curly hair specialist, oh, I they had a couple critiques. <laughs> that was the only thing that I was like, mm, okay, it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I had I had a couple critiques as a specialist on her curly routine that I was like, oh, girl, if you That's did this, it'd you be better. But that it's because fine. I was talking to Blair. Um, the other day about the original covers for the Throne of Glass one where it's Aelin on the front and she's always wielding a sword or something and her hair is long and flowing. Um, but her hair is like um, silver. <laughs> she's described as having golden blonde hair <laughs> and <laughs> clearly is not what's on the cover. <laughs> That's like Manon's color of hair, right? Like icy <laughs> blonde. It's different from golden yeah. blonde. She yeah. has hair that looks like mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's super goldeny, right? Mm-hmm. I know things here. Silas, notice. What so are I'm you trying currently to get through, reading right now? Um, the the six books that I got the the arcs that I got from the library a couple weeks ago. But um, one of the books is called Black Sheep by Rachel Rachel Harrison, mm-hmm. and um, on the back of okay. it, it says. Imagine if the Princess Diaries and Dante's Inferno had a baby. So it's horror. It's horror. Yes. What? And it's basically what religious fanaticism, um, cults. You know. Okay. Um, but what you imagine what? the cults and the religion to be is not what it is. And I won't say more than that. So 
three out of five stars. Um, it's good though. Like there are definitely some horror elements, some like crazy stuff happen. She's, she hasn't seen her family, this cult in quite a while. And when like six years, I think she left when she was 18, Mm. was told that if you leave, you can never come back. That sort of thing. I've never read any Rachel Harrison before. I think (laughs) she is kind of a horror writer and, um, I'll probably look at more of her books because I do think the pacing went really well. And as much as I figured out what was happening, Mm. um, I, I still enjoyed it. I read it in one sitting and yeah, it's, it's a short book. It's not very long. It's, it's a fun, um, it's very humorous and she does a good job at building up that, like the scariness of what's about to happen. Um, and I thought it was good. I did think, I mean, three out of five. So take that mm. review as, you know, whatever, however you want. Yeah. But for someone who I, who's never read her books before, I did enjoy it. And you can mm-hmm. totally borrow it. And then the next book is also out of my arc pile. And I'm really enjoying this one. I am in the middle of it. And it's The Unmaking of June Farrow by Adrian Young. I've never read anything by mm-hmm. Adrian Young before, Ooh. but I will definitely be looking at her mm-hmm. books now. This is magical realism. So if you're a fan of Practical Magic, the Sparrow Sisters, something like that along those lines, this book will be for you. Um, There's a hint of time travel. There is, um, I don't know much more about that because I've just gotten into that part of the book where that is happening. But um, it's really good. The pacing is really good. I love the characters. She throws you into the world and speeds you along really fast. Every chapter is telling you something Mm -hmm. and you need to read it because every chapter means something. I think that there is going to be a very big, possibly heartbreaking ending. A good ending, but a heartbreaking one still. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be both just by what's happening so far. Okay. And I think you should read it just as soon as I'm done with it too, because it's good. It's good. Sounds and anyone amazing. listening yeah, to this, yeah. I mean, this definitely is, want to read both that. of those books. Those are my very honest reviews of books that I did not buy. <clears throat> and um, I fully recommend both of them for very different reasons. So they are, oh, they are available now. Cool. So, so get cool. them because I recommend them. <laughs> Next time we're going to cover part two of Air of Fire, which is called Air of Fire. And we'll talk more details about some of the stuff that happens during that part. And then we're also going to do more spoilers and breadcrumbs during yes. that part of the... Yes, because part two is going to be really diving mm-hmm. in deep and talk about all the fun things mm-hmm. that happen. Mm-hmm. There's so many fun things. So um, mm-hmm. if you haven't read the book yet, so many fun please go do that before you listen to part two. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh-huh. And so You're we'll see you next time on Only One Bed in the Tavern for episode seven, part two of Air Fire. Bye. <laughs> Bye.